Hi friends, welcome back. I am so excited about this month um, because I know last month we we did more of a, a clearing, a cleansing, a decluttering practice every day. And this month I wanted to bring us back to meditation. Um, and so I kind of designed uh, how I want the next 28 days to look for us, right? So we're going to do some daily meditation practices that are not going to be very long, right? They'll be anywhere from five to maybe about 20 minutes. Um, I don't think, I don't even think they'll be that long, maybe 15 at the most, right? So they'll be very small moments of time so that it's easier for us to digest, right? And allow our meditation to truly guide us throughout the rest of our days. I've broken it down by week. So we'll truly have each week where we'll focus on a particular theme. So with today will be the beginning of week one. And I'm really excited about this week one. Um, I, I'm actually excited about all the weeks, every single one of them. They're going to be absolutely amazing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming along on this journey with me. And I hope that you get as much out of these meditations as I do. Mindfulness practice isn't meant to eliminate thinking, but more so help us know what we're thinking when we're thinking it. Just like when we want to know what we're feeling when we're feeling it. See, it allows us to watch our thoughts, see how one thought leads to the next, and then decide if we're heading down an unhealthy path, and if so, allow us to let go and change directions. See, we can rest in the awareness of the thought, in the compassion we extend to ourselves if the thought that makes us maybe feel uncomfortable and in the balance and good sense that we can summon as we decide whether or not we want to act on that particular thought. See, working with emotions during our meditation sessions truly does sharpen our ability to recognize a feeling just as it begins, not 15 consequential actions later. We can then go on to develop a more balanced relationship with it, letting it overwhelm us so that we lash out. We can now control that, or we can also redirect if we tend to ignore it because we're afraid or ashamed of it. We're able to balance that relationship between the two. See, in this way, the practice of mindfulness truly does allow us to see our lives more clearly, more honestly. And the clearer our vision, the more firsthand information we have about ourselves and the world. And the better able that we are to make those good decisions, 
and feel less fragmented as we do it. This week, we're going to focus on mindfulness of the mind. You know, the thoughts and the emotions that come and go. These objects of mindfulness can be subtle and fleeting, as especially the case with our thoughts. So whether our thoughts or emotions, we tend to identify with them quite a bit. And as much as we identify our true selves with our bodies, we tend to do that a lot more with our minds, right? Think of when you hit your elbow, right? You might yell out or quietly say, oh my God, my elbow hurts. But we are truly unlikely to say, I am a sore elbow. See the difference? So if we experience sadness, guilt, anger, we're much more likely to build a whole self-image around that. You know, like, oh my God, sometimes saying I'm such an angry person and I always will be, right? We attach ourselves to this image. Trust me that our goal is not to at all wipe out those thoughts or emotions, not even very negative or painful ones. We couldn't succeed at at that if we even truly tried really, really hard. But our goal is to establish a more spacious relationship to those thoughts and those emotions so that we are empowered. We have a choice in that space, right? For example, do I really want to send this exact email? If we have no space, we've already pressed send even before we recognize that that email may not have been a good one. We may have felt angry when we hit send. So the work isn't to fall into and be dominated by every thought and every emotion that arises, but also not to push against them and dislike or fear whatever we're feeling or thinking either. See, mindfulness actually avoids both of these extremes, and instead, we can have a balanced and interested relationship towards all of that that comes up for us. We can have more compassion for ourselves with more negative or painful states and notice and enjoy more pleasant states. Instead of being so distracted, we hardly take them into appreciation at all. See, we may have the idea that there's something we would like to capture, perhaps something that we can show off to all of our friends. But any meditation experience we can show off doesn't matter. What actually matters is that we're open to learning the ways of the forest, the ways of the body, the ways of the mind. What matters is that we learn how to wander, how to explore, how to make this journey of discovery. And to learn how to have that wander at that changing array of our experiences, that means there's no particular experience that is good while the rest are considered inferior. It's all good and that we can learn from everything, all aspects. So if at any time that it feels too fleeting or too ungrounded, it's perfectly fine to go back to mindfulness of the body. It's not regressive to do that. We're just trying to cover the scope of where mindfulness can touch and improve on our lives.
Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back. I am so excited that you hit play or downloaded this podcast today. I wanted to leave you with a little daily tip before we dove into day 19 of our meditation practice. So let's get started. So I have heard meditation sometimes described as um, imagining that you're trying to split a huge piece of wood with a small tiny X and you hit that piece of wood 99 times and nothing at all happens. Then you hit that wood a hundredth time and it splits right open. So you might wonder, after that 100th whack, what did I do differently that time? Did I hold the ax differently? Did I stand differently? Why did it work the 100th time and not the other 99? But what we didn't realize is that we needed all those earlier attempts to weaken the fiber of the wood. See, it doesn't feel very good when we're only on hit number like 34 or 35, right? It seems as if we aren't making any progress at all, but we are. And not only because of the mechanical act of banging on the wood and weakening its fiber, What's really transformative is our willingness to keep going, our openness to that possibility, our patience, our efforts, our humor, our growing self-knowledge, and the strength that we gain as we keep going and going and going. See, these intangible factors are the most vital to our success. So in our meditation practice, these elements are growing and deepening even when we're sleepy, restless, bored, or anxious. They're the qualities that move us toward transformation over time. See, they are what split open the wood and the world to meditation. I hope this little daily tip helped. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, friends. Day 19. Today, we're going to focus on working with challenges that tend to arise in our meditation. So please sit comfortably. Again, with either your eyes closed or slightly open. Remembering however you feel most at ease is how you should start your session. And in today's meditation practice, we're going to practice taking an interest in challenging emotions. We're going to deconstruct them. Anger, for example, is usually not simply anger. It's moments of fear, moments of sadness, moments of frustration, even moments of helplessness. So we're going to attempt to pay attention to the whole range of what's arising and passing away.
that state-like anger that arises, seeing if you can notice its component parts. And begin with paying attention to how it's affecting your body. And what sensations are signaling the appearance of anger? Is there tightness in your chest? Is your heart pounding? Notice the different layers of emotions that when all put together, we call anger. So just sit quietly and come close to the anchor. Let it reveal to you the different strands of feeling that are within it. See, if we're not so busy trying to hide the anger or getting lost in it, we honestly have that ability and that opportunity to observe it. It's like we're looking at a painting or a work of art. Like, what are those brush strokes? What are those component layers? And we do the same with sleepiness. Usually the sleepiness will arise and we'll either do battle with it or we'll hate it or we'll be overcome by it. But here today, we're going to try to take an interest in it. What are the physical sensations of sleepiness? What's it doing to our mood? Is there boredom in there? Disinterest? Anxiety? We're just taking a look at it. sleepiness is just too strong, you can open your eyes. You can continue on with this meditation with your eyes open. Or you could stand up. Just settle your attention once again on the feeling of the breath. Point your attention right to the beginning of the in-breath and the end of it. 
the beginning of the out-breath and the end of it. With all these difficult experiences, we seek to understand them, which truly means we have to look. In our normal reactive state, we don't have the time to look. We don't have the space to look because we're lost. We're pushing away. Here, our goal is not to vanquish that state, but to pay attention to it in a deeper way, a more full way. We make the mental note to be able to recognize just what's happening now. There's anger, there's sleepiness, whatever it might be. It's not my anger, it's just anger. There's sleepiness, there's restlessness. And rather than blaming ourselves for what we're feeling, condemning or feeling ashamed of it, we can use interest and investigation to bring us closer to the experience and yet still remain free. In that state of freedom, we have the option of bringing things more to balance, such as standing up if we're feeling very sleepy. from anger about being sleepy or blaming ourselves. And usually when something challenging arises, mental or physical, we have one of two extreme reactions. We get completely lost in it, overcome by it. It defines our world, defines ourselves, or we push it away. We reject it. We don't like it. We don't like ourselves because it's arisen. And now, we're talking about not falling into either of those two extremes. But knowing 
that little place in the middle, which is mindfulness. It's clear, it's connected, it's spacious, it's interested. What is this experience? We can use a mental note just to bring our awareness to what's actually going on. Not what we imagine may be going on tomorrow, but right now. This is pain. This is anger. And sometimes what arises in the meditation is really delightful. It's wonderful. Sometimes it's very challenging. Maybe physically challenging, maybe emotionally challenging. Anger, sleepiness, restlessness, doubt, grasping, what's happening right now. Rather than falling into it or pushing it away, we pay attention to it. What is this feeling? And we watch it change. Throughout all of this, our breath is like an anchor. We can always return. In meditation, we say, look for the add-ons. What are we adding on to this experience? In this case, What are we adding on to this challenging experience? Is it, I'm such a bad person, I should have been able to stop this. This is going to last forever. Whatever it may be, Notice these habitual thoughts and then let them go. Return to that direct experience of just what's happening right now. Perhaps you're sitting with the thought that You shouldn't have any thoughts when you meditate, and yet they continually come in a rush. It's okay. 
our goal is really to bring awareness to what's going on, whatever it is. notice that there are floods of thinking. Recognize that. Let go. And then return your attention to that feeling of the breath. Meditation will reveal the entire range of our experiences, our feelings, our emotions, even our memories. Sometimes it's very, very pleasant. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And sometimes it's quite unpleasant and challenging. And sometimes it's just neutral. It's ordinary. But taken together, these make up our lives. The times that are invigorating and exhilarating and wonderful that are very difficult and everything in between which we tend to take for granted. We can learn to bring our quality of presence and open-heartedness, real mindfulness, Oil of the pleasant experiences of that clinging without holding on, and toil of those unpleasant experiences without closing down and being filled with resentment. And with all the neutral experiences, we can come alive, we can wake up you can truly be there see each one presents its own challenge and its own opportunity whenever you feel ready you can open your eyes if they've been closed. And take a moment to reflect back on your habitual relationships to pleasant experiences, to unpleasant experiences, and to those neutral experiences. And see how this might prove useful to you in your everyday lives. 